The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. On this episode of the Heat Check, we got some big news out of New York City that does not involve the Brooklyn Nets. Fashion me shocked. Uh, R.J. Barrett signs his rookie extension and could have possibly, maybe, just might have wrecked or disrupted the entire Donovan Mitchell process, trade process, in the way. Jeannie Buss makes a wild declaration uh, and about Russell Westbrook, and Braun is being Braun, yes, once again, one week after we said, is there anyone who's more interested in the spotlight than Braun? He does it even bigger than he did the week before. And wow, shocking news if you're a Minnesota Timberwolf fan. Congratulations, and I'm sorry, um, given the fact that there aren't that many left of you. Shocking news considering that Mark Laurie, A-Rod, J-Lo, and a $250 million missed down payment. Training camp is right around the corner, so do me a favor and drop that motherfucking beat. All right, so the big news this week that happened in New York City, for the first time in ages, it did not have to do with the shipwreck that is the Brooklyn Nets. R.J. Barrett is staying a New York Nick, well, we think, for a good long time. Just this week, Barrett finally finalized, that's hard to say, his rookie extension deal, and according to the, this is the bomb, this is the sound of the Woj bomb, He's going to get four years worth of up to $120 million. He's the youngest Nick ever to get a rookie extension. And let's be honest, he absolutely played himself into the contract last season. He had some huge games, and the Knicks were an absolute dumpster fire, and I think they are now building around him. 
if you look at his numbers, 26-3 and on a team that struggled most of the year. What do people say? They always say it's really hard to gauge whether someone's any good when they put up numbers on a bad team. And do I think that R.J. Barrett is just putting up ungodly numbers or mediocre numbers and getting $30 million a year and it really is not an indication of how good he is on a good team? I'm not going to say that, but I'm not not going to say it either. What took the deal so long, you might ask? Well, first of all, it's clear that the Knicks didn't want to pay him that much money. It's probably step one. They would have rushed to give him that deal if they wanted to, just like Memphis did with John Morant. But I felt like that was one of those deadline moves where it's like, listen here, Danny, this is the first shoe to drop in the deadline game. If we can't get a deal done by Tuesday, Monday. If we can't get a deal done by Monday night, RJ's off the table just based on the CBA alone. We're signing him to an extension, and you can't fucking have him. Barrett was apparently a coveted piece in this trade in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Apparently, Leon Rose put that as the de facto Donovan Mitchell trade deadline to get a trade deal done with Trader Danny. And when it passed without the Jazz buzzing, budging, the deal got done. What does that mean for New York? Probably nothing, honestly. There's no one that's going to be able to pay what Danny Ainge wants for Donovan Mitchell. It's just that means that they're going to build around RJ. means probably Julius Randle is the redheaded stepchild on this team. And I think that's probably no breaking news that he's being shopped right now. He's in every single Hoops Hype article under the sun in the last three weeks. But I, what I really think, though, is that this is a warning to Trader Danny. That it's like, listen here, Utah, shit or get off the pot. We know the Jazz want to move Donovan Mitchell. We know that it's the case. We know the Jazz don't want to win games. And with Donovan Mitchell on the team playing basketball, they will win games that they have no intention of winning. Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be there. We know that. He took uh, the Utah Jazz out of his profile. He's just, I think it was be humble now is all that's on his, his Twitter profile. All right. I'm not sure what that is in regards to. But he is not interested in being a jazz member. Jazz are not interested in playing music with him either because they want Victor Wambanyama. We talked about him last week. Barrett was the center of these trade discussions, which apparently broke down over the inclusion of Quentin Grimes. Fuck Quentin Grimes. By the way, he's a nice young piece, but I don't give a fuck. Give him up for Donovan Mitchell. If that's the thing that held it up, folks, we can't really fault Trader Danny, can we? After several weeks, the Knicks had enough of Danny Ainge's increasing deal asks, and they simply finalized the deal for RJ's extension. Does that mean that Donovan to New York is now off? A lot of people are wondering that. A lot of people are like, oh, now probably Donovan's going to go somewhere else. Riddle me this. Where else could he go? Who has the amount of unprotected first-round picks that the Utah Jazz are going to want and need in order to get that deal done? Not many. Not many that have the cap space. Not many that have the appetite for his non-defense playing ass. No. The Jazz want four unprotected first-rounders now as part of any deal. That's what they're saying. And the Knicks, I think, are one of the only teams that can actually provide that. Mark Berman of the Post wrote, 
Quote, not having Barrett in the deal would not seem to be a deal breaker. Sources contend unprotected picks are more important to Utah, which reportedly is after the Lakers' 27 and 29 picks in what could be a three-team deal with Russell Westbrook and Mike Conley included. I mean, that's just this deal's got to get done. There's just no shot it doesn't get done. I think it's time for Utah to let their guard down, stop playing hardball, and get this thing done before training camp gets started, or it's going to get real awkward in Salt Lake City. One thing is for sure. People are starting to call Trader Danny's bluffs, and I don't think that's great news if you're a Jazz fan. He started out wanting eight first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. It's now shrunk to four. Note to Trader Danny, if you finish dead last in the league, by the way, my guy, you only get a 14% chance of getting Victor Wambayama. So it's not even a fait accompli, as they would say. I apologize if I said anything I didn't mean. Jeannie Buss, my girl. Back into the headlines again, these Lakers go. They must put Lakers through some sort of media camp where they teach them how to hijack the news. I wish I knew how to do it like them. I wish anybody cared about my random opinions as much as they care about Jeannie Buss and some one-off interview. From Jeannie Buss to LeBron to back to LeBron to back to Jeannie Buss, it's almost like they all coordinate together on a Zoom call. It's like, all right. You take August 30th, I'll take September 1st. No, 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 no. I've got an interview with SI coming out on Tuesday, October, uh, August 30th. You're going to have to have Monday, August 29th. All right, all right, all right. But you got to make sure this SI article doesn't dominate any more than local blogs. Cannot get on ESPN. My interview with NBC Sports Los Angeles, that's got to be the first. It's like insane what's going on here. I'm just going to, and like Jeannie Buss is probably just like, oh, I'm just going to fuck it up. I'll just casually drop something insane. Like, I don't know. I'll just say something crazy. What would be the craziest thing that I could say about last season? What would get like people really up in, up in arms? What would really drive the conversation? We had that one kid, Mike James, say Steph Curry was one-dimensional. What was it about that that got people so up in arms? I know. I know what I'll say. I've got it now. Russell Westbrook was the best Laker on the team last year. That's what I'll say. Yep, that's it. Russell Westbrook was the best player on the Lakers last year. Full stop. That's what happened, folks. She seriously decided to plant her flag in the Russell Westbrook camp. She must be feeling herself right now. She must be trying to get us enraged because this is what she said to The Athletic. All I can say is that, from my point of view, Westbrook was our best player last year. He played pretty much every single game. He showed up. He worked hard. Pause. Is this, is this the new era that the conservatives are talking about where everyone gets a trophy? Is this the, what they're talking about? Because that's how this feels right now. Everyone gets a gold star just for showing up and working hard. And we're just going to crown him the best because he did that the most consistently? 
Back to her quote. You know, I would have loved to see what this team would have looked like if they stayed healthy. It's really tough to win when Anthony Davis isn't on the court. Pause. Uh, someone should have told Jeannie that this is like Anthony Davis's M.O. from New Orleans. So, yeah, you should have known that. You got lucky when you won the title with Anthony Davis. Back to the quote. LeBron was also hurt a lot of the season, but Russ showed up every game and played hard every night. And, you know, I just really appreciate him for who he is and what he brings to the team. There's a lot there. Let's break it down. I've got questions. I don't think by any metric, if you're an unbiased human, you could ever say that Russell Westbrook not only was the best Laker, but I don't even think you could say he had a particularly good year. His slash line of 18.5, 7-7 is the worst stat line he has put up in the last 12 years. He shot 44% from the field overall. Overall, he shot less than 30% from three. He shot 67% from the free throw line. The fr- It's free throws. Free. No one is guarding you. 67% from the free throw line when he shot 85% once from the charity stripe at one point. He had a 15-player efficiency rating and a defensive rating of 113.6. Real quick, 113.6 defensive efficiency Uh, Defensive rating is terrible. Just gross. Yet, Jeannie's point is that the best ability is availability. Her comments were so crazy, so outlandish, so puzzling, that many news outlets were like, hey, just want some more clarification because we're about to write some things. Did you really mean that Russell Westbrook was the best Laker last year? And then she had to backpedal and say, maybe the word I should have used was consistent. He played 78 games last year. You're right, Jeannie. He was the most consistent star player that you had making over $30 million. And that, my dear, is your biggest problem. I get it. I get it. Russ was available. He was. He definitely should have been more available coming off the bench. Let's be honest. In the fourth quarter, he should have probably been available to sit on that bench. Except for he de- he decided that was something he was not available to do. But when you dig into it, when I heard when I heard the uh, the last part of her comments, I just really appreciate him for who he is and what he brought to the team. What's that sound like to you? That sounds like the end. That sounds like when you're in a relationship. And your boyfriend or girlfriend, he's like, I just sent a little text. I just want you to know I really appreciate you. And I really value you as a boyfriend. Can we meet for dinner tonight at uh, Chateau uh, Vanilla at 7.30 p.m. in the middle table of the restaurant? She's like, yeah, 
okay, sit down. Hey, what's up? What's this all about? First and foremost, <laughs> I just want to say I really value you. I think you're awesome. I think you're a great boyfriend or girlfriend. You do everything. Pro- you're probably, if I had to guess, if I had to make a ranking, I would probably consider you to be, I don't know, the best boyfriend I've ever had. Unfortunately, though, for me right now at this point in my life, I just can't have a significant other. I have to do me, and it's probably best that I give you back your sweatshirt. It's in my trunk, and uh, the promise ring you gave me, and uh, maybe... Maybe we'll maybe make it a go another time. It just didn't work at the moment. It has nothing to do with you. That seems like what Jeannie Buss is doing to Russell Westbrook. Like, I love you, Russ. You were our best Laker last year. Unfortunately, though, we got to have you step away from the team for a while because we've traded for Patrick Beverly and you guys hate each other. So as much as we love you, we kind of got to see and explore this thing with Pat Bev, too. And your history just makes it really tough for that to be good for the team. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention on the podcast, since the last time we've been here, they've traded for Patrick Beverly, right? So that shit's not going to work. Also, speaking of LeBron, he made news again this week. One week after... He and Bronny James decided to hijack the schedule release. It's like clockwork. He has assistants. It's like ping, ping. Good morning, sir, LeBron James. Just want to let you know, uh, today is the day you fuck up the airwaves again and hijack the NBA calendar. He has an assistant who must, like, scour the web. And it's like, okay, it's been four days since you were trending. We need you to trend again. We've got new things to we've got new things to promote, new shows. We need a quote. We need something buzzy. Who can we get? Have we done anything recently with SI? You think they would do something with SI? What will we do? Oh, well, we did the Brawny thing last week, so it's not really top of mind. He already signed the extension, so that's that's done. Oh, oh, what about I have an idea. Brawny, LeBron, and the youngest one. All on a cover of Sports Illustrated. No, who cares that they don't have like uh, any outfits planned? Like, let's just get them into a court. We'll take photos. We'll write some things. LeBron, he could be the next Tom Brady. Maybe LeBron will play till he's fifty. Let's let's go forward. What did he do? All right. So this is what LeBron says. This is the right time. LeBron says he wants to play almost until he's fifty years old. I'm sure you know the reason why. He says this. Quote, I like to throw things out into the airwaves. I'm not one to say what's going to happen for sure in the next two years. I am a visionary, but I'm also a guy. I love that about him. Just like a low-key humble brag. I am a visionary, but I'm also a guy that lives in the moment. i definitely, though, be looking at who has first-round picks in 2024 2025, things of that nature, 2026, 2027. Hold up, 2027? Like, LeBronny's like 17, that's, the math isn't mathing. That type of stuff, he says. Bron, the visionary, with the eyes on the prize. 
And the prize? Well, we know it's not just Bronny James anymore, folks. We've known that for some time, so that wouldn't hijack shit. But also now, the kid with the goggles and the better footwork, Bryce James, the youngest boy, who at this point is 15 years old, oh yes, asking LeBron whether he'd like to see himself playing with Bryce, he expanded. Yeah, I feel like I could play for quite a while. So it's all up to the body. But more importantly, my mind. If my mind can stay sharp and I'm fresh and motivated, then the sky's not even the limit for me. I can go beyond that. LeBron James, I can just see it in the lower thirds. LeBron James thinks he can go above the sky with Bryce and Bronny James. No one takes care of their body better than LeBron James. But 50 years old? Oh, my God. Also, another tidbit LeBron dropped. Turns out, Bronny James wants to play college ball, too. So, the sweepstakes for who gets LeBron James by being completely extorted by LeBron James to draft and sign his son. Wait, no. Sons? is now going deep into the timeline. If Bronny does want to go to college, I have one word, two words. Quack, quack. Just go to Oregon. I might become the Oregon Ducks beat reporter if that happens. He then finally was asked by SI whether he thought, this is where it gets very interesting about LeBron James, get a little insight into his mind. He was asked by Sports Illustrated whether he thought all of this chatter that he's been putting out, it's a fair question, about him playing with Bronny might create unfair expectations for Bronny. And he was having none of that shit. He said, I don't give a shit what nobody says. Our quest and our journey is not predicated on what everybody has said. You're going to have five people that love you out of ten, There's going to be five people that hate you out of ten. That's just the way of the land, no matter what you do. You can be a guy who literally goes to work at Starbucks. There's going to be four or five customers that come in and hate the way that you made that chai tea latte. It's just how it works. And the faster you can realize that happens, the much better off you'll be because you're not going to respond or give it too much energy. I have a lot there, is there. He, you can tell, has been trying to figure out an analogy that works, and he's still workshopping. Because the Starbucks barista chai tea latte furious customer argument, I'm not so sure that's working for me. Also, why the chai tea latte? Why not vanilla latte? Why not just chai tea latte? Is that what Savannah gets? Is he fucking up Savannah's order when he goes and picks her up Starbucks? And also, you make how much money a year? $40 million? What are you even doing thinking about Starbucks right now? You are too elevated for the Starbucks chai tea latte analogy. For me, secondarily, on top of that analogy that is not landing but deserves attention, The 50-50 split between human beings who meet you and either absolutely love you or absolutely hate you is terrifying. Because to me, that's like, if I don't say, 
I mean, I'm probably going to get canceled by LeBron James now because I've been making fun of him. I am now firmly in the camp that hates LeBron because I'm making fun of him because I'm not just filleting every move he makes and I'm just not in love with everything he does on and off the court. Sir, that's just false. If you meet 100 people, there's probably going to be like, I don't know, one that's like, oh, my God, I absolutely love this person. They are awesome. We are going to be best friends for life. There's going to be probably 30 that like, oh, yeah, I fuck with this kid. Good kid. Like him. We could be friends maybe. 50 are like, "Eh, I mean, just a person. 50 are indifferent to you. 15 are like, "Mm, not really fucking with them, but I'm going about my day. And maybe three maximum four are like I hate this person's guts like maybe the fact that you go 50 50 love hate tells me so much about the psyche of LeBron James and also probably why he tried to get Michelle Beadle fired because she said one bad thing and he was like oh this bitch hates me let's get her let's she hates me I hate her let's get her gone that is absolutely wild say what you want about LeBron but he is increasingly interesting the older that he gets and the more honest and wildly expressive he gets deeper into his career as he gets emboldened to say whatever is on his mind. Oh, Minnesota. For the last 12 months, things have been going exceedingly well. It's probably too well. When you think about the history of this franchise, what they have gotten, what they deserve, these last 12 months have been a dream. You lucked up into Anthony Edwards. You ended up getting J-Lo and A-Rod, buying your team with a guy who has more money than God. They want to change things around. They hire someone from Clutch Sports to fix the culture inside of Minnesota. You end up making the playoffs. You end up getting Rudy Gobert. Things are, by all definitions, a fantasy world for Minnesota Timberwolves fans. And now we have our first hole. The first crack in the foundation that might have you saying, Rotro, Rotro, Scooby, something is amiss. Turns out, J-Lo might be the key and the disruptor and the impetus that has fucked up the entire Timberwolves ownership group. She does look great. She is banging. I do understand why someone would want to do business and pay billions of dollars just to be near her. How this happens? Wild story. Everyone knows last year a partnership between A-Rod and Mark Laurie won the bid to, build, to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves for $2.2 billion. A-Rod and Lori were supposed to be 50-50 partners. But when the down payment came, things got a little sus. July 2021, A-Rod, obviously, might make sense, just fell a little short by making his payment. It's not a, just a down payment on a Kia, either. This wasn't just like a down payment on a nice home in Minneapolis. This was a down payment worth $250 million to pay 20% of the team. And guess what? My man A-Rod 
couldn't exactly find the change under his couch in order to make that 250 250 sources say a rod had to go to mark Laurie to help him out hey uh i need you to spot me some couple of million i don't know how much million but it was significant Sources close to the situation say Lori had to cover the balance for A-Rod. The result is that Lori now owns 13% of the team, A-Rod just 7 It's not really spotting you if you don't end up getting the equity in the company. They just now have bought it from you. It gets better, though. So much better. The next down payment is due by year's end. Apparently, A-Rod is scrambling around like a DC rat trying to make that payment as well. An NBA source reports, quote, I would not be surprised if A-Rod becomes a subservient number two to Lori. The same source told Josh Cosman at the New York Post that he predicted that Lori would end up buying more than half and controlling the Timberwolves. Also, it appears that there's a cooling off personally between Lori and A-Rod. Why, you may ask? What would cause Mark Lori to want to spend less time around A-Rod? Well, no J-Lo, of course. J-Lo is the reason. Apparently, according to a source, said Mark got completely mesmerized by the J-Lo thing. The J-Lo thing. Let me say that again. Mark Laurie was completely mesmerized by the J-Lo thing. That is what we call a booty. He was mesmerized by the J-Lo booty. And now that J-Lo, the J-Lo thing is out of the picture, maybe A-Rod is out of the picture, too. It's like, you know, you get friends with someone because they've got a famous friend. And it's like, oh, yeah, me and, uh, I don't know, me and Drake are no longer friends. It's like, I just got real busy. (laughs) I just got, who's going to be at the club? No Drake? Ooh, I'm still in my sweatpants. Only one person, though, probably very happy about this. You guessed it. Maybe one of the worst owners in all of sports, Glenn Taylor, current owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He believes currently that this franchise is worth more than the $2 billion that he sold it for. I don't know. Maybe because they made the playoffs. Maybe because Aunt Edwards starred in a movie. Maybe because A-Rod, this A-Rod J-Lo thing has added a little mystique to the team. So you can imagine him just wanting to swim in his little Swim, swimming pool full of gold doubloons just trying to eat up and soak up more money from the last vestige of owning this franchise, hoping that the deal falls through. Because what would happen? Well, Glenn Taylor would get to keep the down payments. Yeah, you get to keep the down payments. Those things are not refundable. And he would get to resell the team to someone else for even more money. God, I hope it doesn't happen. Because then Glenn Taylor would get to keep the team for another two more years. The regime of sort of tomfoolery and 
cheapness, miserly ways that he has is the last thing that this team needs when they're trying to make a push to contend for a title. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back next week with a new episode, hopefully featuring the long-awaited interview with Toronto Raptors coach Nick Nurse. I'm trying to narrow it for you. I'm trying to cut things up. I've got a million things happening. Please tune in to Thursday and Friday. I will be on WFAN, 6.60 a.m., hosting from 2 to 7 p.m. on September 1st and 2nd. And we've got a lot of other things going on in the meantime as well. The Jerry West interview is up on the Heat Check feed. Check those out. If you haven't, do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell all your friends. And follow us at social, at this Heat Check, and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We will see you next week, my friends.